she lived a very lonely and difficult life. And she decided to put all her reliance and all her trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she says, as the years went by, I noticed that every time I make a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, oh Allah, I need something, He would always give me that thing. And that every time she had a problem, she said, I would raise my hands and I would say, oh Allah, take this problem away, help me with my problem, and her problems would always go away. It's a beautiful connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She says, my trust and my reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began to grow. May Allah grant us all this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But where's the question? Well, very recently, this sister said, I went through a very rough time in my life. Very, very rough time in my life. I'm talking difficulty after difficulty, hardship after hardship, problem after problem. So she said to herself, I'm going to increase in my worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to increase in my dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because my problems have also increased. So you figure, the more problems you have, the more you're going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you with your problems. And so she does that and she prays like she's never prayed before, makes dua like she's never pray, uh, made dua before, cries to Allah, begs to Allah, shed tears to Allah like she's never done before, but the problems keep getting worse. They don't get any better. And the sister, she thinks to herself, I must have done something wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must not be happy with me anymore because I used to always pray and make dua to Allah and He would always take my problems away. But now, it seems like no matter how much dua I make, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I beg, things are staying the same. You know, my problems aren't going away. And the reason I decided to give this khutbah today is because this is a notion that can creep into our minds sometimes when things aren't going our way. We start to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't happy with us. When we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're expecting Allah to give us an answer. We want Allah, we're hoping that He will help us with our problems and, sometime, and somehow take them away. Most of us, the du'as we generally make when we make for ourselves are of two types. It's either, oh Allah, I have a problem in my life right now, please take away that problem. Please help me with it. Please give me the strength to deal with it. And the second type is for our future. You know, for our friends, for our family. Oh Allah, please preserve, pre preserve things for us. You know, things are good right now. Oh Allah, keep things good for us. And sometimes when things don't go our way, we begin to think that Allah isn't happy with us, or Allah, we have, must have done something to anger Allah. And I want to start with a reminder to myself and all of you that your du'as being accepted immediately or not being accepted immediately has nothing to do with whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with you or not. It has nothing to do with it. Those two things have no connection whatsoever. We look at the story of Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam, he called his people to Islam for 950 years. 950 years. Can you imagine? Forget 950 years for a moment. Can you imagine calling someone 950 times? If my mother makes breakfast, she boils some eggs and she makes them and she puts them on the table and she goes, Amin, go call your sister so that we can have breakfast. And I go, Ala. My sister's name is Ala. Oh, Ala. Come on, breakfast. And she's on her phone playing. She's like, okay, I'll be there in a minute. 
And I go back. And my mom sees me begin to eat. And she goes, go call your sister again. And I go, Ala, food's going to get cold. You better come. And she says, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. You know, sometimes we're all on our phones, we lose track. If my mom asks me to call her a third time and I call her a third time and she doesn't come, you know what happens, right? Her breakfast becomes my breakfast. You know? But this was Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam was different. He called his people for 950 years. You don't think he made dua for his wife and son who were among the people who didn't believe? He would go back to his people even though they would insult him. They would spit on Nuh alayhi salam. And he would still go back to them and he would make dua for them. How much dua do you think he made for his wife and son? That, oh Allah, please guide them. That, oh Allah, please take them to your straight path. Guide them. But as we all know, they never changed. Despite 950 years of dua, they never changed. Did Nuh think to himself, Allah must be angry with me? Because he didn't give me what I asked for? The reason I mention Nuh is because people that are better than us, much, much better than us, also went through the same problems we go through. You know, some of us have people in our lives, we look at them, and they're not doing the things that they should be doing. You know, some people struggle with their prayers. They don't pray their five daily prayers. Everyone struggles. Everyone has different things they struggle with. And we all make dua for them. Oh Allah, please guide them. Oh Allah, please make them better people. Because we love them. You know, and sometimes they, they'll be doing things they shouldn't be doing. And we make dua, make dua, make dua over and over. And sometimes things never change. And sometimes even things get worse. We make dua for them every day and every night and things get worse. And we begin to get frustrated. Why isn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answering my dua? Why isn't Allah giving me what I'm asking Him? You know? Why isn't Allah helping these people? Well, you're not the first person to go through this. We look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how much dua do you think he made for his uncles? Abu Talib, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahal. How much dua do you think he made for his uncles? Abu, Abu Talib, despite not being a Muslim, he would always protect the Prophet. He would always be there for them. Rasulullah looked at Abu Talib as if he was his own father. That's how much he loved him. And he would always make dua for his guidance, for the guidance of the rest of his uncles. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِ مَنْ You don't get to guide those who you love just because you made a simple dua for me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consistently mentions the stories of the prophets in the Qur'an and He consistently mentions their duas. We look at the story of Yaqub alayhi salam. Yaqub alayhi salam was a father of 12 sons. Oh gosh, I can't imagine having 12 sons. You have 12 friends in the same room and you... And you guys know. Yaqub alayhi salam, he lost his son Yusuf when he was just a child. How much dua do you think he made for his son Yusuf? That, oh Allah, please bring my beloved Yusuf back. Oh Allah, please protect him. Oh Allah, allow me to see his face, his beautiful face, one more time. Yaqub alayhi salam cried over his son Yusuf so much that he lost his eyesight. 
You know, he, he lost his eyesight. Can you imagine crying over someone so much to where you lose your eyesight? And those du'as go unanswered for many, many years. And then eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunites Sayyidina Ya'qub with Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. And then you look at the story of Musa alayhi salam. The mother of Musa alayhi salam. Where she had to put her child, Musa alayhi salam, in a basket and throw it in the river. Can you imagine? I want everyone to picture a child in their life, a baby in their life. It could be your brother. It could be your cousin. It could be just a baby you see around here in school. Someone you love dearly. Can you imagine putting that child in a basket and putting him in the river and letting him go and not knowing what's going to happen to that baby? How do you know the basket's waterproof? How do you know it's not going to leak? How do you know it's not going to hit a rock and it's going to flip? How do you know that? How hard must it have been on his mother? There is no love on this earth like the love of a mother to her child. All of y'all sitting here like, I don't know about that, man. My mom screams at me. My mom grounds me. Let me tell y'all something. There is nothing in this earth like the love of a mother. Everything your mother does for you, it is purely out of love. And if you ask anyone that's a little older, none of them will disagree. Not one person. You can ask a hundred people, though a hundred people will tell you, your mother loves you more than anyone on this earth. If everyone on this earth were to stop loving you, your mother would be the only one that wouldn't, aside from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How much dua do you think this mother made for her child? And notice the difference. In the story of the mother of Musa alayhi salam, she makes dua, and Musa alayhi salam is returned to her within a few hours. But in the story of Yaqub alayhi salam, Yusuf was separated from his father. But he wasn't reunited with his father for many years. For many, many years. We are going to go through difficulty in our life. And all of our problems aren't always going to disappear simply because we made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to understand the concept of dua. Understand the reason we make dua. You know, when we make dua, we're expecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to answer us, to give us what we want. And we often confuse the word dua with the word talab. The word talab in the Arabic language means to request something, to demand something. The word dua in the Arabic language literally means to call. You know, da'utukum. I called you. I invited you. I cried out to you. That's what it means. And yes, when we make dua, Sometimes we're making demands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's true. We're making requests. But we should not forget that these requests that we make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at the end of the day, you know what they are? They're a humble slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turning to Allah and begging Allah to help him with whatever problem he or she is going through. That's what it is at the end of the day. And whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately answers your dua or not, that's a separate issue. But the fact that you turned to Allah and conversated with Him, that's the most valuable thing. The fact that you turned to Allah and had that conversation with Him, that is the end goal of dua. Whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately answers your dua or not, that's a separate issue. And I'm going to talk about that for a little bit and then we'll end inshallah. Sometimes we go through things in our life and we say, what's my fault in all of this? Why do I have all these problems? Why do I go through all of this? What did I ever do to deserve this? You know? 
Sayyidina Yusuf when he gets thrown into prison over a false accusation and he spends many years in jail, not over something he did, he was innocent. But he spends many years in jail. What did he ever do to deserve that? He went through things that if anyone else were to go through these things, they'd say, life's unfair, man. Life's unfair, you know. That's, life's just unfair. And sometimes a believer, you know what a believer says? He says, Allah is unfair. Billah. Allah did that to him. Yet Allah says in the Quran, Wallahu ghalibun ala amrihi. Allah dictated every single incident that happened in Sayyidina Yusuf salam life. Allah was overlooking every decision that was taking place. How? Sometimes we go through things because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that there is something better ahead that we can't see. Sometimes that thing is that is better is for you. Sometimes it's not for you. Sometimes it's for someone else. Sometimes that thing's for you. I'll repeat. Sometimes it's for someone else. Sometimes that thing you suffer, you'll get the return of it in this life. Sometimes you'll get the return when you go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's go back to Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. What happened to Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam? A, a child was separated from his father. It's a tragedy, right? But let's imagine for a second Sayyidina Yusuf wasn't separated from his father. If he was never separated from his father, he would have never been thrown in the well. If he was never in that well, he would have never been taken to Egypt and grown up there. If he would never grown up in Egypt, he would have never later been thrown into prison. If he was never in prison, he would have never met those two men, one of them in which had a dream that he interpreted. If he would have never met those two guys in prison and interpreted that dream, one of them that left prison and went to the king, and then later on when the king had a strange dream, he would have never said, oh, wait a second, I know someone that can help you interpret that dream. And you know what that dream was? The interpretation of that dream was that there would be seven good years in the country, and they would be followed by seven years of drought. There would be no crops, no harvest, no food. People were going to starve to death. One child suffers for a few years. And because of that suffering, it was Allah's plan to save many, many families from burying their children that would have to die from starvation. If Yusuf wasn't in prison, he would have never interpreted that dream and they would have never been able to deal with that issue. There would have been a crisis in the country and thousands of children would have died from starvation. Sometimes the pain and the suffering and the problems and the hardships you and I go through, it is meant to be a salvation for others. And sometimes it is for ourselves. But sometimes it is meant for others as well. And who gets the ajr for all those children surviving? When those children grow up and learn the Qur'an and start to read the Qur'an, who gets all that ajr? If one of those children becomes a shaykh when he grows up and teaches people about Islam, who gets all the ajr for that? Yusuf alayhi salam. A few years of suffering and how much reward he gets for that suffering. قولوا قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم فيا فوز المستغفرين استغفروا. الحمد لله رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما. 
اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اهدنا في من هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا واصرف عنا شر ما قضيت إنك تقضي بالحق ولا يقضى عليك ولا يعز من عاديت ولا يذل من واليت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت لك الحمد على ما قضيت ولك الشكر على ما أنعمت به وأغنيت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سبحانك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة Thank <laughs> you.